Oh, you're back, and you're just as ugly. Well, now I told you the potion would make you more attractive. I just didn't remember to what form of animal I made it for. No, wait, weren't you the one with that beautiful woman running from the guards who mistook you for stealing the Lord's daughter? If so, please ask her what land she hails from that demands women be bound and gagged when entering a building. What a quaint custom. It's time. Time to power up. Power up. Autobots, roll out. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. This is part two. Your mic isn't on. <laughs> Woo, Star Wars. Part two of Star Wars. Uh, let's put it this way. We, it gets so hot and intense and crazy that we had to bring it back for Thanksgiving. Because we're all thankful for Star Wars and we're thankful for you, I guess. So, uh, that was cute. Okay. So at the end of last week's show, we were talking about midichlorians. Things went crazy. It went. It got really intense. People started yelling. Someone almost got their head torn off. A lightsaber I was, was brandished. Punch Tom Someone was going to lose an arm. Who knows? You know, it was just crazy. So there's a lot of things we want to talk about. We want to talk about droids. Um, we can talk about. I mean, do you guys still want to talk about the midichlorian issue? Well, I think I think Jessica, the Uber fan, needs to be able to explain. Okay. Why midichlorians are not amazingly dumb? Okay. So, so, it's going to take a lot. That. <laughs> okay, okay, so, 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 so let's I, I, go I don't for it. it to, be, to offend anybody out there, but many people feel the same way, and oh. I think J.J. Abrams feels similarly. The midichlorians are just wow. dumb. And so, uh, and, and I know that, you know, my, my, my heart sank when I heard that uh, for the first time when I saw Attack of the Clones in the theater. So anyway, so Jessica. Go for why, it. Let's... Why did your heart sink? Why did your heart sink? Because, I don't understand. B- because the minute that they, that they. Because they tried to bring science into a mystical force. It was awesome. It's well, no, 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 no. I, I actually have no problem with, with the mixture of science and kind of mystical spiritual stuff. I, I, I really dig that. But for me, it, that per- the particular way they did it, cheapened the force and, and yeah. also seemed to go against what Yoda said because because it, it's it's flowing through everything you know when he's talking about the force it's like anybody has access to this you're you're it sustains all life blah 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 and the minute it's this it's this organism that somehow has a monopoly on the force seemed really like again I, I, I don't mind the science part of it I just mind the really silly kind of against Yoda's doctrine yeah. science. Well, I and totally and totally on those lines, can I just say my favorite scene of anything Star Wars is Yoda raising the X-Wing from the swamp. And the little speech he gives to Luke, I can recite it word for word, I won't. Um, but just him talking about 
you know, the force being around us between the land and the rocks. That and the seems ship. incompatible with the, the, microbes. The yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, okay. Right, Jessica, go. So, no. So, you're right. The force does go through everything. But the way that I see it is that it's just like the midi chlorians basically just mean that you are, you, well, you are stronger with them. It, it allows you to connect with the force in a way that others can't. Because clearly, I mean, not everyone's a Jedi. It's a special thing. So, I think, though, like, if you. Really, because there are moments where people like like Padme, for example, in Revenge of the Sith, where there are those moments where they shouldn't be force sensitive, but they do have those moments. And so what I think really is it's like it's like basketball. OK, you're playing basketball. Anyone could play basketball, but who's better at it? It's the tall people. The tall people are, are better at playing basketball. But if you love basketball and you really want to play it and you are short like me, then if you work hard enough at it, you can do it. Yeah, you can but, yeah, but get you can't get midichlorians, though. But, but, yeah, or, or, and, and here's another issue is, like, Leia, you know, and, and I'm going to go to the expanded universe because we don't know what Leia's going to gonna be like in The Force Awakens, but in... in, uh, in yeah, cl- talk a little bit closer to the mic. Oh, sorry. You're fine. She, she in, in, in the Legends, because, again, Force Awakens hasn't come out yet, but in Legends, she kind of doesn't take advantage of her high, you know, Force sensitivity and midichlorian count and and it's and it's sort of this idea of she what she didn't take the time and she didn't take the training she could have been just as strong as luke but because she didn't that that sense kind of dulled over time and she sort of lost some of that ability seemingly and i like that idea whereas the midichlorians almost say like oh nope you're automatic you're good at it congratulations well i don't you think you won the lottery Woo! Like, <laughs> I don't think that's it at all. You have to train. You have to train, and you have to get better at it. Just like with, again, the basketball thing. If you're tall, yeah, the tall you guy still to has to go to practice. But, but I guess, I guess, just that the the epicness, and, and this is one of the challenges I have between original trilogy and prequels is, is is the epicness of a scene like that Yoda scene, which is which is an epic, legendary, forever scene of of the galaxy of, of cinema and art, you know. That scene, both dialogue, both camera work, both act, everything yeah, in that scene was, w- was about as perfect as a scene can get, in my opinion, in film, um, just wasn't compatible with that scene with Qui-Gon and the midichlorian, you know, detector. I mean, that to me, those scenes don't exist in the same universe. So anyway, that's why I, I just feel like it was it was an oversight by George. I mean, it, I don't uh, see how that, though, how that makes that scene not like make sense anymore. Well, cause... think about it. If if the if the prequels and the original trilogy exist in the same universe, Which and I'm they sorry do. I keep not talking to you, but like <laughs> letting you talk. But like you know, if they exist in the same universe, which you're right, they do, um, then the first thing Yoda should have done when Luke crashes down is let's get a blood sample. Well, well and, and and Qui-Gon, because Vader did this to Luke when he was chasing Luke through the Death Star, okay. Mm-hmm. Um Qui-Gon should have just been able to go up to Anakin because Qui-Gon was very unusual. He was super a super powerful Jedi. Oh, sure. He should have been he able to be like, whoa, something's he, going on here. And he did. He totally did. But Obi-Wan, you know, and the rest of the Jedi, they're like, no, rules and regulations. I think Obi-Wan's there's a reason. Like, George, Why do you pick okay, up these okay. strays? You brought up a great point, which I didn't know before, that George had come up with midichlorians before the original trilogy. I, I understand that. But maybe there's a reason he didn't put it in, that he was like – Maybe it's just not that cool because there's it, a lot of stuff he well, came up with was, he didn't put in the movies. The original Star Wars in 1976 was Han's a giant green alien and Leia is Luke's daughter. It, that's what so, I mean. So so there's stuff like that. Yeah. And and I, I think that 
I, I really do believe because he did this several times through the prequels because they had there were certain expositional scenes that were just pure exposition dialogue and stuff like that throughout the prequels where I think he wanted to send a message back to the Jedi Council. I think Qui-Gon's like, okay, and, and they, they need a storytelling device so the Jedi Council can see the midichlorian gate. So it, yeah. it, it moves the plot along, you know, and he didn't think it was that huge of a deal. Um, so anyway, so I guess my, my question for you, Jessica, is you have, and, and I'm totally cool with this if the answer is yes, so there's no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, I feel bad. I feel like. No, I, I'm not, I'm not. I but, haven't even but, started speaking but, but yet. You, <laughs> you're not allowed to speak. You, You've talked you enough about totally this. You are totally okay with, with midichlorians. Like, I, you have no problem. No problem. Uh, I didn't even realize it was a big deal. So, I just, so here's my problem with midichlorians. No, wait, but I have a question. Okay, go. Okay. Real quick, so and then I'll throw in mine. So essentially we're saying if the midichlorians don't exist, anyone can be a Jedi is what you guys are saying. No. Then what makes well, them a Jedi? Okay. Well, well, here's the That's what I'm saying. It answered okay. just a simple question that I, I don't get. Like, why were the Skywalkers the only ones that could be Jedi's? And well, it wasn't just well, Skywalkers. Here's, if it here's wasn't. the deal. It's like, I could be in the NBA, theoretically. But I would be impressed. Come on. Am I really going to be in the NBA? I'm five foot ten and I'm fat, right? And so, you know, and so so it's it, for me, that's how Jedi always were. It was always like... Muggsy Bogues. Yeah. Like, for some people, it is easier than others. But ultimately, if you know, and that was the glorious thing, is, is in 1990 whatever when i saw the original trilogy the idea that i could be a jedi if i if i work really hard and then in the prequels it's just like oh no you have to have midichlorians well so but take that with like maybe high and you just don't know okay so here here's the problem here's the problem with midichlorians midichlorians are you know with the expanded extended universe how they explained it it's they are saturated throughout your entire body so if you lose a body part your midichlorian count drops so how is Vader so strong and powerful in the Force? He's missing two arms or two legs and both arms. He actually and probably did, a few organs he, and he, a few he, organs. He did. Actually He's missing a lot. Weaker in the Force, and I think yeah, that hair, hair, no, hair. technically, technically, he should not have been able to do a Force choke or several of the abilities he was able to do well, because his, 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 his midichlorian count dropped over fifty percent. So that means he is below a youngling. His midichlorian count is so low that he could not even be in the Jedi Order because he wouldn't be powerful enough. So well, how is he well, able to do the Unless he thing? had like a whole crazy load of midichlorians, you know, to... Which, yeah, his midichlorian count was off the charts, Dan. Yeah, Come on, off man. off the charts. We don't know what... <laughs> so then he just got a regular amount. Over 20,000. Even Master Yoda doesn't have a midichlorian count that high. Yeah. Love you. But so if anyone can't like... So Grievous couldn't use the Force at all, correct? Correct. Any dark side stuff. And so it's like, that's because he obviously didn't have any midichlorians is, because it, he was just... Is that what... Okay, because he was just a heart. So it's like, well, that. if you if you didn't have that, it's like, why couldn't he then? He just wasn't Force sensitive, I guess. Well, he he what he again. You bring he was up a not, good point. He, he Vader, comes from. Vader lost most of his body. Yeah, in yeah. fact, in fact, Obi Wan said machine. he's more machine than than yeah. man. Correct. Here's you know, an and, and Grievous comes from a race that is not force sensitive. So that's why, and, and so you mean his I, original organic yeah, form. Correct. And so they're they're considered a non force sensitive being. So does that tell, does that say that midichlorians are racial then? You know that they're racist and they only collect with certain more, races. No. Racist. Mace Windu it's, was a Jedi, man. A <laughs> well, that's, he's, he's human. <laughs> just, oh my gosh. It's just a matter of, of genes, I think. And there are mm. occasions... I think, too, the Force... 
the force isn't just something that just is doesn't i don't think it doesn't think and it's just there i think it thinks i think it's a being in itself that we oh, can't it, even it is a living entity exactly, but then but when you give midichlorians that takes away a living entity i exactly. know because well, it chooses i think the force chooses they they know who these people are going to be and they give them this gift of a high midichlorian count so that they have that ability to really connect with the force in a way that others do not well except well, now if midichlorians were like a certain kind of element like add it like on the middle on the other like element 227 on the periodic mm-hmm. table or something like that that would make kind of a little more sense to me but but because they're actually living organisms they're a living I mean, organisms creepy crawly thingy Anyway, well, it would just like, whack it. I me. feel like in several thousand years of like understanding these concepts about the force, someone would have found out a way to synthetically replicate a midichlorian. Yeah, and and harness the force as an energy, which or give a and, blood transfusion, or well, you know, and yeah. that even goes against. Remember the last episode of the Clone Wars, which is canon, which George Lucas and uh, you know approved. He talks about the living force and the cosmic force. He doesn't really talk about midichlorians. Yeah. And so when we think about what was the They kind of disappeared thing, after Phantom Menace. in that what, episode. Well, but then it brings up the argument, is it necessary in any episode ever? Yeah. I don't... Oh, I don't... I mean, again, it was just it was so briefly It's mentioned. not a big deal to you, it sounds like. It's not it's really. So one way or the other. I was okay. shocked when people were, like, all up in arms about it. I'm like, what? Well, can I bring up a, a, a big issue that I have with the prequels? Sure. And then, and, and someone explained it to me. This sure. is something that really bothered me personally. First of all, I really thought it would be cooler if Yoda, instead of fighting with the saber, he force is, fought with the with the sabers. Like he had sabers that he force fought with. Anyway, no, I thought here's, it'd be cool. here's but, Can I just say, here's what I want from Yoda. See, here's the deal: is 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 a, a meter long blade with a hilt is ideal for a six foot tall human humanoid. For a thing of Yoda's stance. It would be more plausible for him to have a very long weapon with a shorter blade, like a like a like a like saber a staff, like the sa- yeah, yeah. A saber staff. So what I wanted him to do was like use the force to like unravel his cane, put his little lightsaber on top, <laughs> and use it like a freaking staff. How cool would that have been? Oh, that you cool. shall not I mean, pass. I don't know. I thought it was really cool what it they was did, cool, where no, he was it, spinning it, around no, like I, a yeah. freaking. I thought monster. that was actually super cool. But okay, so here, here, here was one of the things that really. Broke my heart in okay. Attack of the Clones, and so and maybe maybe you know people can can explain to me. So we have Are you to... going down a path I can't follow. <laughs> so <laughs> breaking. Yes, so, you've been breaking my heart this whole episode. So it's a it's cool. connection. Well done, boy. You you okay? So yeah, for not liking the prequels, you quote them a ton over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so somebody help me with this. All right, the Jedi. Yes. The defenders of the Republic. Okay, we're talking Attack of the Clones time frame. Okay. okay. Terrible guardians of peace and justice, my man. <laughs> okay, okay. From so, my point of view, the okay, Jedi so, are evil. Yeah, so they are they trained. Me on Tatooine. Come on, they, folks. Anyway, they are about trained on from youth to be tactical commanders. Yes. Okay. To be you know personal wars, but also generals. I mean, they they lead people. You know, mm-hmm. they they understand you know planets. They understand all different kinds of enemies they could possibly have. They have an encyclopedic knowledge, but the biggest library of the universe is in the Jedi Temple. Correct. You know, they understand all the races and, you know, foes. But, and and their, their job, apparently they don't let them even visit their parents. So, so their whole no. job is to, how do I defend the universe? Here? Correct. Politically, militarily, one-on-one fighting, 
whatever it takes, right? It's more actually, and they wanted it to be this way. It's more really about find, like becoming one with the force and finding. It's more supposed to be more of a monk kind of thing. Okay, but, than okay. A, but so what's still, your question? Okay, okay, but, they're, but they're trained in but, lightsaber combat as a way to channel the force. Oh, but, them, but 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 they are the defenders of the. They are, yeah, and yes, they yes, take yeah. that very by, seriously. By yes. the time of the okay. Clone Wars, they have seats in the Senate, and they're taking an active political role. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and but, but but either way, they spend a huge amount of their time yes. in fighting stuff. Okay. Sure. Okay. So, question: Anakin and Padme mm-hmm. are in the arena. All the bug creatures are around them. They're being sacrificed to the big monsters. Okay. They're they're they're, they're coming out. Okay. The Jedi, like most of the Jedi, the most mm-hmm. available Jedi, run into the arena. Yes. With armed with lightsabers. Okay. And and a billion tactical problems could happen in that arena where they could all be killed. Okay. But so it looks so awesome. I know it looked awesome. So, so, so this is where I, I need someone to help me out here because it seems to me like there is no way on earth they would ever do that because even if they're being heroes and trying to save Anakin for whatever reason or save the girl for whatever great reason it is, it seems like it would be against their code to risk the safety of the Republic by letting themselves all get massacred, which can is what I, happened. Now, can I so just say, please explain that scene to me. Well, I mean, this okay. is this is kind of easy to expllain. Yeah, I was way. about to say, I'll, I'll play a little defense here. Okay. First of all, yeah. <laughs> the fact that they took Obi-Wan and Anakin's lightsabers away and made them fight for 10 minutes without them is the most ingenious thing ever. I am so glad Luke, George Lucas decided to do that. The overabundance of lightsabers in the prequels is frankly... A little tiresome at times, and so it was really refreshing to be like, "What are they going to do? They don't have their lightsabers. Oh, they're going to like flip around, and use the chains, and oh, it's great. That was great. That yeah. was great. And so I think here's here's the deal. I think first of all, the Jedi at the end of Attack of the Clones are very very different from the Jedi who are at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. If you'll recall, at the beginning of Attack of the Clones, Mace Windu specifically says, "We are keepers of the peace. We are not." Soldiers. Soldiers, yeah. And so, but by the time of Revenge of the Sith, they've clearly been integrated into the military in that we have have the commanders, we have Jedi Master Generals, and so your rank within the Order is now all of a sudden corresponding to a military post... Um, which is which is just kind of different. So I don't know. You had the well entire Clone trained. Wars at that point. Well, yeah. this is kind of another thing that you can add in there is they ran in to save their companions, but the fo- the dark side was clouding their vision. They couldn't see the droids, so they probably didn't know. And remember, they're very full of themselves. Yeah. The Jedi are very mm-hmm. pompous. They feel like they're invincible. Yeah. Mace Windu brazenly went up to Jango Fett, put his lightsaber up against his chin, and says to Count Dooku, "This party is over." He doesn't have a single F to give at yeah. that point. So, and just like Yoda says, uh, um, arrogance, you know, is a, yeah. a trait more and more common among Jedi. Well, and that's well, the it is. thing is Yoda takes the much more tactical, slow approach, whereas the rest of the Jedi, like Anakin, take a very brazen approach. Well, and I and I think that all comes down because you know, for the last thousand years, the Sith have been slowly undermining. The political structure, the the Jedi's as well. I mean, if you go back and read some of the expanded universe, you know, even from Darth Bane, they were slowly whittling away at the Jedi. So that could have been something that I that I just didn't pick up yeah. on as yeah. much. Is that is yeah. that it was? Yeah. These are these are the dumb Jedi. Well, and it's not. Really, <laughs> okay. it's, it's not. I wouldn't really call it dumb. They they have this arrogance because 
there has been peace for the last thousand yeah. years, but yeah, the Sith they, have they slowly honestly... been manipulating things, so the Jedi are now, you know, they're full of themselves. They're like the peacocks okay. uh, well, of okay, the galaxy. So I think the fact that Mace Windu and Anakin are so pissed that all those Jedi have died, I'm pretty sure they expected to walk in there and for everyone to throw down their weapons because, holy crap, there's, there's you know, a hundred plus Jedi yeah. here. And, and you know what? These are the Jedi that are like, oh, there's a Sith Lord on Naboo. You know how many we'll send? Like one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, you know, and so they're very, they're, they, they sort of have this expectation that. The so you Je- don't think those were errors by Lucas. You, you think that was just, you know, part of what, what oh, he yeah. It was the arrogance. Well, I yeah. Think these are, I think, well, okay. I, I think these part were, of it might, might've been a mistake, but at the yeah. same time it goes along with kind of the storyline. It does. And, and again, okay. I, who knows? I, I can't speak to what is in George Lucas's heart and was, is these, are these explanations to sort of make up for what he did or were they what he was what he was thinking the whole time and so I don't know well but, and uh, and th- yeah. this type of behavior we'll isn't the, the first doubt. time we've seen yeah. that you know uh, look back way back with uh, you know with Revan and Malak when they left they took a huge chunk of Jedi from the force because you know he, Revan felt that the Jedi were moving too slow against the Mandalorians that were taking over the galaxy and he's like and so he went after them with this huge fleet of Jedis you know, we've also seen it with uh, Quell, uh, Quell Drama. Oh, I can never... Yeah, Quell Drama. Drama. Yeah, Ulick. Uh, he took... A, he did something very similar. Very pompous Jedi. I mean, because the attitude... ...had built up to that point where they're very full of themselves. And so they they got very prideful. And that was always... That's always been the, kind of the Jedi's problem is that balance of not being prideful, being humble, and still being known as one of these, you know, pretty much the top dog in the uni- the it's galaxy. They're all celibates. <laughs> you know, you know, at the same time, and then, and then you have the counterbalance <laughs> of the Sith the where they indulge in their passions, they indulge in everything, mm-hmm. but well, that, that makes you know, a more sense. You know, and then and then you know, and then we get Revan and he builds up his structure and then we hit Bane where it's like, okay, from this point forward, you know, We've we've got our butts handed to us every time we've gone after the Jedi. Now we're going to undermine the Jedi. We're going to tear them apart one brick at a time and pull that foundation out from under them, and then start elevating the the pompousness and you know of the Jedi to the forefront to the point that Destroy we them with their own pride. Yeah, yeah, to the point that we can then yank the rug out from under them and wipe them out. Well, That's I exactly wish, what they did. I wish and I had gotten a little bit more of that in the movie where you know. I mean, Mace is definitely, yeah. this, you know, but 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 kicking, talking guy. But I, I wish I'd gotten a little more of that from the other Jedi yeah. to give me the feeling of, okay, they these guys really are asking for it. I mean, yeah. they're, they're... Well, and I, well think, and I think you see a little bit of that. You know, there are certain points in both Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, which no one remembers because it's boring, but Yoda and Mace Windu are sitting around and they're just like, man, the dark side is everywhere. Like, yeah. we can't see the forest for the trees. We have no idea what's well, going and, on. So, and, and again, if you uh, read the book uh, Darth Pelagus, because there is an event where Pelagus and Sidious actually tilt the balance of the Force. Because before that, it was very you know, the light side still had rain, and they could see everything. They literally do a Sith ritual and tilt the Force so that it is now... It's like, instead of it being you know 75 light, 25 dark, it's now 75 dark... 25 light so so when that happens um they are able to convince uh, uh Dias to go along with their plan yeah. and start the the clone army he starts doubting himself he starts doubting the the rest of the masters and the council 
I mean, it's like this dramatic change. And you, and, know, and you know where you see this prominently in the original trilogy? The deleted scenes for Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Remember one of the most powerful deleted scenes, and I know why George did this. It's because he didn't want to spoil the reveal of Luke's lightsaber. But in the deleted scenes, right after Darth Vader arrives on the Death Star, he goes to his meditation chamber. And he's speaking to himself, and he's, Luke, you know, come to the dark. Where are you, Luke? And Luke, all the way in a cave in Tatooine, who knows how many light years away from Endor, hears Darth Vader's voice through the Force. Yeah. That's the emanation and the power of the dark side at that point, and it's destroying everything. And so the fact that Luke, it's literally distracting him as he's building his lightsaber in this cave. And so it's interesting that you do, you know, that's, it's interesting how they're they're it's subtle those those little things that indicate that there is a grand scale happening yeah so, so and, and, and of course again at that point that's why everything is overbalanced that's why the jedi rush in they don't know all the droids are there because the dark side's blocking their vision you know all all they're going off of is what they kind of saw on the hollow vid with just a well, bunch I saw of bugs the dark everywhere side at work in the senate yeah, you know, yeah with, sure. with the Senate voting and all that all sneakiness and, you re, you, and all that kind of stuff read, happening. Read Darth Plagueis. That, he's, he's a Sidious's master. He sets so many things into motion and puts everything to the point where they can take over, where Sidious just walks in. Of course, Sidious kills him uh, in the end because it's at that point where it's like, okay, I, I don't need you anymore. You've set up everything perfectly. Padme is the queen of Naboo because of uh, Palpatine and, and uh, Pelagius. And they did that for a reason, because but they what knew... about the treaty? Yeah, they knew that they could balance he her. He has to sign the treaty. They were working with anyway. the Trade Federation <laughs> to get them, because there is huge plasma reserves on Naboo, which we didn't know about. No one knew that that was the reason yeah. that they were there. But there was... Naboo had huge plasma reserves that could actually... They could ship out to the entire galaxy for the next 500 years. There was so much plasma there, but you didn't know that was well, the reason they were there. But did George know that? Exactly. That yeah, goes you're back right. To the he idea didn't. Of was if that's the case, it should have been in the movies. I'm yeah. a firm believer that you shouldn't have to read a book to enjoy a movie. Yeah. And so I think that's part of that. Um, but you know, it's interesting, and you see that too in the opening scroll of Episode Three when it says, you know, there are heroes on both sides. Evil is everywhere. Yeah. And on the one hand, that's really stupid because you don't see that in the movie. <laughs> but if you look at it through the lens of the expanded universe slash legends, yeah. you then really it makes sense. That. Yeah, yeah. Or, so, or even watching the entire Clone Wars car, mm-hmm. uh, TV series. Oh, you know, sure. it, when you watch that, the the gap between two, you know, ep, or episode two and three makes so much more sense well, well, where yeah. you can see that Anakin can fall because, you know, it's like, okay, we saw him here. Now suddenly it's like, Oh, because his wife is going to die. Boom. He's a bad guy. It's like, no, I mean, there's a huge lead well, up. Well, and to give George a little bit of a break, you know, when, when you do create a universe that is that big, yes, when it's that big, you know, you're going to miss a few things. Yeah. You I, are. And, and, well, I think you need and, to be able to go back and, and, and plug and, some holes. Yeah. And, I, right. and so. I heard a rumor and, and again, I don't know how true this is, but there is a rumor that somewhere in existence is a director's cut of episode one and it is reportedly five to six hours long. And apparently when you watch that cut, and again, this is rumor. This is stuff I've heard. This is, you know, the deep net type stuff. But, you know, if apparently you watch this cut in its entirety, episode one suddenly makes 
a lot more sense. Where right. is this? I want to see this. So I don't know. Bad. Yeah. It's it's again. Oh well, my I, gosh. I want to believe. He's just after Twitter followers. Well, I'm, <laughs> uh, I, underscore Aaron Hastings. Yeah. Well, at underscore the thing Aaron is, Aaron. going back and reading, like the expanded universe, like going back and reading the Dark Plagueis book, it made Episode One better for me because everything that kind of seemed like hokey and like why is this here made more sense. Except for Jar Jar, um, you know. Love but, Jar Jar. You know why Palpatine? Genetically engineered. Yeah, why Palpatine Plagueis. was there? Why he was like, oh, we'll keep an eye on you, young Star, you know, Skywalker, because you with great interest. <laughs> yeah, because Pelagus was. You know, there was something, and not only that, Anakin foiled many of their plans. You know, he, he wasn't supposed to go in and destroy the 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 battle cruiser. Now this is pod racing. Yeah, Woo-hoo! you know. There was something about this child that was counterbalancing their ritual, and they could not explain it. And so that's why it was such a huge thing. And that's also why Pelagius, or not Pelagius, Asidius, was so intent and in, you know, mentoring him and manipulating him because he was a spark of light that the, and, you know, everyone was like, oh, Pelagius, it was actually the force that created Anakin to counterbalance their ritual. He was actually born or conceived, and you kind of find this out in the book, conceived at the same time that they did their ritual. So, you know who else was conceived at the time of that ritual? Who? BB-8. Yeah, <laughs> probably. His so, midichlorian count is above them all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, see it in his well, eyes. Well, okay, so again. So That's an interesting let's, segue let's, to BB-8. <laughs> I, I, no, it's a great segue to droids. So explain R2. No midichlorians, not even perfect, but he has, that, that droid has the force. <laughs> blowing through him. I mean, how can a little dro- astromech droid... Okay, first off, all the astromech droids get up on top of the ship. They're getting blown off, except for R2. He magically corrects the ship. The they jump into hyperdrive. Now, here's the question. And would, he survived, clear to Cade would, Skywalker. Would the trilogy have changed if R2 had been blown away and instead one of the R4 or R5 oh, yeah. units had survived? Of course. Oh, my gosh. Just look at Clone <laughs> Wars with Goldie. That's, that's fair. <laughs> or Chopper, for that matter. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I sound like Donald Duck. I mean, honestly, the the this, how many here? Okay, if you were to go out and do a, let's just do do a poll of, you know, what's the most famous robot that you can think of? You know, whether it's you know the Robbie the robot from Lost in Space or 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 Twiggy from Buck Rogers or you know just keep going. How I guarantee you. Out of all of them, the 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 one that gets the most votes would probably be R two. Everyone yeah. remembers that droid. Over C three PO. Even over C three PO. Yes. I don't know. I, I, hate I would agree too. I just feel like he was really important. The best part about R two is Data. He's such a dirty mouth. I mean, Data. Even. I mean, even, yeah. I think he would be a close one. Uh, yeah. Data, Data, and R two would be close. I, yeah. I think, I think Data would, would well, Data's edge him out. Definitely, Data's definitely more interesting because every word out of his mouth isn't a curse word, so they don't have to bleep it out. Yeah, right? so <laughs> I love that meme. You know, anyway, but uh, you know, it's interesting. Well, and that's the the interesting thing is, what's the only character that really has been in almost, if not every single star? I mean, he is. The kind of when you think about is he ever present in expanded universe? Or yes, I, I, oh, I, oh yeah. yeah, a lot. See, I oh, I, yeah. I don't I know see, very little see, about expanded. I, I, this is the one thing to me. Everyone says, you know, the movies are about the Skywalker family, but I mean, and that's kind of true in one way. But at the same time, 
R2 is clear up into the future well, where think, Kate Skywalker is. I think R2, I think R2 is he, a member of the Skywalker family. He's like the family dog who doesn't I mean, die. Almost well, 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 maybe is. there's some organic organs inside of him. Maybe he really does have the No, I mean, he, there's, there's he's a, full a midget-like well, being in there. <laughs> I, I, can't rem- I can't remember where, where I heard this, but I thought that George Lucas initially was kind of it was the Star Wars story was basically supposed to be through the eyes of these droids. The droids actually kind of were the the od- the audience's eyes. They were they were well our, in a of, in a way, that. but yeah. they kind of it seems like with the prequels that changed. Yeah. You know, I think that changed in I Empire and Return say, as well. I think, I think in Empire you can see it a little more in Jedi, but in Empire it is interesting how. Even even at the very beginning, it's Luke and Han at Hoth, and then and R two, you know, it, they almost turn into sort of comic, you know, C three PO's comic relief, and R two is just kind of along for the ride. I mean, George literally has to get rid of R two so that Luke and Darth can have their duel. Okay, right? no, yeah. no, no, continuity question, just real quick. Okay, so Anakin as a little kid builds. C3PO. Which I think is kind of silly. Which is really silly. I love it. Okay, I love it. This is when I just think you guys are just haters of anything prequel. Because it's like, there's no problem with him building C3PO. I'm open-mindedly just asking. Okay, he built C3PO. Yes. And he's identical to every other protocol droid. Okay, okay, so, but, but... Aren't there spots where Vader would have recognized him, like in the other movies? Exactly. I, I'm not sure. I think yeah. he did. I think he did. No. At least in the no. books. Well, see, I see, this is another. Uh, again, this is where continuity makes no sense because throughout the entire Clone Wars, he has R two. Anakin does. Yes. Okay. That is his astromech droid. So why in the heck does he not recognize this little blue droid that's wandering around with Luke Skywalker? Look exactly. The exact wait, same well, as any other wait, astromech no. droid. No. They no. Have you seen any, any other, other astromech droid with blue well, markings? Because they wanted to be like, that's R2, well, but to no, any no, no, other no, person, wait, it could have been like... question. When's the first time that Vader sees R2-D2? On the Death Star. In yeah. the very, in episode four. I don't think he sees it. The Stormtroopers do. The, they're running Obi-Wan. across the platform yeah. into the... I thought he was too oh, focused on Obi-Wan. Yeah. I know. Darth Vader totally... Let alone, again, okay. If, if, and then he sees him, he shoots R2 in the Battle of the Death Star. <gasps> well, one... I just realized that is an epic betrayal. <laughs> that's oh, terrible. That's you know, okay. Or let's... Yeah, he shoots his... That's and, and another thing to remember, oh, too, though, is that there are probably a gazillion R2 units out there. I don't think it's probably, though, later when he realizes Luke's his son that he's like, wait a minute. That was Luke. my old R2. I, okay. I think he okay. does, but well, he's so far gone. I, he I, doesn't I could, really sure, show the, anything. We could say ride, we could the, say on episode four, yeah, he doesn't really recognize him. But then, okay, by by uh, Empire. you know Empire, he knows that's his son. Okay, it's okay. This is a little blue droid. There, there's no other blue droids in the let, in the galaxy. Let alone Luke is calling him R two all the time, just like he called him R two. Then so we have true. then we have. You know, three CPO. It's you know running what? around. It's like, wait a minute. You know what? Three CPO, C three CPO, C three CPO. Sorry. Here's here's what I'm thinking. Deleted scene from Return of the Jedi. Elevator ride up to the Emperor's throne room. Hey Luke. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I built C three PO. Right? That droid you've got. I'm pretty sure that's the one I built. What? Get, get out of here. No way. No, 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 You're no, no. No, no. We okay, got, we, and that's the bonding change. that kind of starts the yeah, whole exactly. Darth turning back to the. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Okay, no wait a minute. Dude, wait Dad, minute. you build him? 
know that thing's annoying. We can, we can totally release this, like like do it up really well. Release it as a a deleted scene with like and add like film grain and stuff like that. Oh, we need yeah. to get Jerry we'll on Anthony this. Daniel yeah. at Tom G Durham. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Seriously, you, that, you know what I oh, love? Yeah. Though? Wouldn't that be good? You know, and like and and oh yeah, oh, no I no totally, no no. But if you knew R two, why'd you shoot him? Yeah. I, well. I didn't know at the time. Bullcrap, Dad! Like, <laughs> I don't well, know. I mean, he's seeing him from a distance, first of all. But one thing, you know, I was going to say about C-3PO, what I love after seeing Phantom Menace is you realize that every time C-3PO says, oh, thank the maker, he's, he's really saying, Darth thank Vader. Darth Vader. Oh, Which, yeah. again, it's, I think is kind of stupid. I yeah. love it. It's okay, okay, so wait, wait, okay, cool. Okay, uh, Obi-Wan in, in the cave, he says, I don't I don't recall owning any droids. Yeah, I was like, he doesn't even remember, and it's what, right there in front of him. What's the deal with that? So, so he, no, I'm okay. pretty sure Darth no, Vader is allowed to forget right? who R2 so, is. So let, let's put it this way. Droids. What, what was the deal with that? He, he didn't know. Obi-Wan hated droids. droids. He didn't own any droids. Yeah. Okay. But still, he would have been even, like, oh, that's yeah, our two even, who's done with Even droids. during the Clone Wars, well, yeah, he went through his, so many astromech droids. Like, ten of his astromechs yeah. died. And not only that, <laughs> there is so several sad. times in the Clone Wars where, you know, there's one uh, in season one, or is it two, where they lose R2. And Grievous has him. And, and you know, Obi-Wan's like, just go get a new one. And, yeah. and Anakin's like, no. This is like my buddy. To be, to be fair, okay. I'd be pretty shell-shocked if every droid was trying to kill me. Like, it would be like Terminator, like, yeah. we can't trust them. Like, look at the bender pretty you know, but, yearly. Okay, so here's the other thing that kind of with continuity. So, the end of Re- Revenge of the Sith, we see where Bell Organa says, wipe the protocol droid's memory. Not R2s. So why did R2 not go, hey, you want to know what? he's smart. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know R2, who Darth Vader R2 is. on the ride to Dagobah had the little screen for interpretation. He should have been like, hey, you know what you should ask this Jedi Master when we get there? <laughs> Darth Vader. I'm pretty sure Darth Vader had your last name, man. Well, like, not only that, he'd know who Yoda is. Yeah, that's right. he's mm-hmm. met Yoda. Multiple so why impact. is he trying to steal a freaking hot dog? And, <laughs> and not trying to say... And, you know, beeping. Do, 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 do. You know, this is Yoda. I love R two D two is like a little kid, and then at the same time, he's like this genius. It's so yeah. funny. Well, well clearly and, not because he didn't tell. Well, see, and that's why, and that's why all of the kids love R two. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why everyone loves R two because it connects with well, that and child. That's why in I don't think you need Jar Jar because yeah. you've got R two and C three PO. But well, then there would have been no Gungan army, wait, wait, which oh, is the only on thing that fought off the entire droid army. On the flight to Dagobah, did Luke tell R2 that they're going to see a Jedi Master? Yes. He, no, did he, he said, specifically? Yeah. He said we're. He mentioned Yoda. Yeah, we're going. Yeah, no, it, oh, Dagobah okay. system. Okay. We're going to meet because know, I was thinking maybe Yoda. there's just another one of those little green aliens. Yeah. That, kind of okay. the feeling I got was, you know, they were they were they were talking about this and keeping it a secret from them so that they, you know, I think R2 was in on it. I think he figured it out and realized, okay, I probably shouldn't tell them. But C3PO is just so blonde. He's just like, you know, oh. R2 is such a rebel and a, that he wouldn't have held that in. I mean, yeah, I, to be honest. Yeah, I was honest. about to say I was like, well, and how would R2 connect the dots like that he's an astromech droid yeah he calculates he's a, yeah, special he's astromech droid. with that yeah but over the many years he may have advanced his programming well that's the thing is that's why he has so many quirks is he you know with how it's been explained in the expanded universe and that droids have to have their memory cores wiped so often or they develop quirks or rebellious natures well, we know he's rebellious. We see that. So he, we know his memory so core has, has never been, been wiped. wiped. 
Interesting. Interesting. So why would I mean seriously? They're going into Bespin. I'm gonna go fight Darth Vader. Idiot! I mean, yeah. literally. <laughs> why is R2 not going? Whoop, do whoop, that. Stop it! Do, no. You know, trying to prevent oh, him. No, let's fly back in the X-wing. Let's go fight Darth Vader. Whee. Everything's cool. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they maybe they programmed him to like maybe like some like some form of restraining bolt or something, you know, where it's like no. you can't mention Bail this Organa, or something. If that was George's plan the entire time, wouldn't he have made Bail Organa mention that? Yeah. In the in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Oh, and and, and reprogram that R two unit like to make I... him shut up about all what he's seen. <laughs> like seriously, because well, if that was the secret between Obi Wan, Bail, and Yoda, wouldn't he have been like? Hey, that R2 unit knows, like, everything. Maybe we should put a bolt on it. Let alone he's been torn around the universe, you know, the galaxy, with Anakin. Yeah. He, I mean, watched, he... he watched the duel on Mustafar. Yeah. He watched awesome. Anakin slaughter all those people. I don't know. There's something about him secretly knowing everything and not saying a word that's just so cool And to he me. has all the fleet battle plans still in him I and know. all these other <laughs> stuff. I think there, I think there the is a Star Disney plans. Star Wars movie coming with R2 as the star. For the kids, it's gonna be great. It's gonna R2-D2 explain these standalone. things. It's gonna have all these great little scenes that kind of explain. It's them. gonna it's Seriously. gonna be the Lion King Seriously. one and a half. Of I didn't Star realize. Wars. Um, I love that. Okay, <laughs> so it's fine by me. I, well, I was about to say the Lion King one. Where and all the animals are passing good. out because Pumbaa's passing. Pumbaa's yes. passing. Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> They're not bowing. They're passing out. I oh, actually, Disney. I actually did not realize how much of the Star Wars universe actually revolved around the droids. So seriously, there's a great. Prequel film. No, there really is. I oh, mean, yeah. ready for R2. I'm, 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 I mean, if you could focus on R2's character, I mean, there's a lot that happens around that droid that no one else is paying attention to. He's just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, then we have, then we have Chopper, you know, the new droid in Rebels, which is, I mean, he, you want put, a rebel droid. he puts R2 to shame yeah, with his attitude. Obnoxious. Well, and it's, again, it's a classic sign that, look, these are poor rebels. This is a really old astromech. Yeah. And he has not had maintenance in a long time. Yeah. And just. And he, he's grumpy. He's on him. And there's several times where they no, have him do something. He's like, uh-uh. I mean, he doesn't do anything. Well, I think I think that kind of opens up a whole nother level to Star Wars is, you know, we're always looking at droids like they're inferior to humans, but maybe they are not. Well, that's and we're the, that's the funniest inferior. part, I think, of the legends is there are several times when, like, C-3PO is campaigning for droids' rights to, like, <laughs> vote and stuff. And it's the funniest thing, because everyone's like, C-3PO, shut up. Yeah. And, like, and he's, like, begging Leia to, like, come and campaign with him, and it's <laughs> Why not? They funny. have, like, a massage place well, for I, droids and everything. I don't know. Droid, droids... <laughs> I mean, droids are cool. Everyone loves that part of that. We've seen some really cool stuff. I mean, IG-88 is an amazing you know, assassin droid. But he pales in comparison to HK-47. I mean, everyone, when they saw that droid, was just like, oh! I mean, uh, the new the new expansion pack for the new role-playing system actually has, it's a Hoth expansion pack, but it has an HK-47. Each droid has its own designation. It's not HK-47 for, for a whole line. It's HK-47, 48, 49. So that's the same thing. We have R2, D2, D3, D4. There's no same droid. R4, yeah. R5. Yeah, and they're all, the coloring is all different. So that's why uh, there's well, in one with of that. Them, there's an R3 unit in The Empire Strikes Back who has a see-through dome. Yeah. And the explanation is it's an advancement on the R2 unit because then he can see yeah. 360 degrees, which is really cool. So, so I want one. Yeah. Did you guys see that droid in that uh, recent uh, episode of Rebels, Wings of the Master, that had like a see-through 
head. No, as that's the one. Dome. It's an R three yeah. unit. Is that it's an R three? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one okay. from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Is yeah. that really? Same, I don't remember seeing that one. in Empire. If you watch when when they're saying the first oh transport gosh. is away, the first transport in away, in one of those shots with people running by, yeah. there is that yellow see through R two or R three unit. I yep. didn't even see that. Mm-hmm. I missed well, the B wings to too. Well, and that's the other thing is droids aren't mass produced. There's not billions of them out there. Yeah. So they're 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 expensive. Yeah. So who makes them, by the way? That various, is a really good question. They've never said that. Various companies. Yeah. I Walmart. Was, I was about to say. Well, various space and that's companies. and that's what brings into question the the absurdity of like Anakin building C three PO because in the first shot of the A New Hope in the ship, there's literally two protocol droids who look just like C three PO right behind him. And so this idea that C-3PO, like C-3PO has always been. Oh, and he I'm built him out of yeah, junk I'm, parts. I'm an, inter- uh, I'm an interpreter droid. Actually, actually, I think, I can't remember which book it was in, but I read a book where actually what happened was he didn't build him from scratch. He actually found him. He had mm. already been a protocol droid. He was just absolutely falling apart. So he wasn't the maker. Yeah, he that's was. True. He gave him life. He gave him life again. He was his life. second. He was life. his you second maker. You use the word life loosely. Yeah, but I don't know. That's what I heard was that he power. Was, <laughs> he was falling <laughs> apart. He but so he, put it back so he was already a broken protocol droid. He, he worked like, in a junkyard. Yeah. I feel like that's another help George Lucas out yeah. a little bit moment. Kind of. You know, at least with but you know, R two was brand know. new, so hey, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> if if I mean that is legends now. I mean, another thing is you know, uh, Anakin being in the junk shop, like you said, you know, he's probably seen. I mean, they have droids everywhere for like the pod race and stuff. I'm sure there's a protocol droid around there somewhere well, doing but something. But he's a slave. No. how did he get away with so, that? So 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 if you look, so a let's... protocol droid? No, like building one in his basement. How did the, he? Like, he he hid it away. Starving. Like, pay for your freedom with the protocol droid. I don't know. That's just... He said I, he built him to help his mom. Yeah. So. Well, okay, so again, there's kind of some loose parts because shop. a protocol droid is a really fancy droid in the galaxy. Yeah, I was about to say, why so would he why, build, like, a labor droid? Yeah, why didn't he build one of the little labor droids? Or, you know, or... We've seen so many different droids. that's not the junk he found Kids in the junkyards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... I what love, with their protocol I love... I, I was listening or to... Or the droid on uh, Jabba's barge. I mean, that seemed more <laughs> I was actually, uh, reminiscent I was, to that area. Well, I can see you're serving drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, see, I was uh, listening to The Phantom Menace on audiobook again recently. I haven't gotten all the way through it again. But uh, there was... Uh, in the beginning, there was a scene where he took C-3PO with him to go and barter with the Jawas because he didn't understand what the Jawas were yeah. saying. But... C-3PO did so he was like yeah listen for them get all the find out all the stuff that they're hiding in the in I, there we'll get it from them I and feel like you need one maybe two forms of interpretation rather than over six million yeah well <laughs> but you know whatever he might have just found a, a million I mean, races Anakin does not know yeah. six million but, but, forms well, of communication how does he program that into well, C-3PO he okay so finding him finding him as a, a junk uh, you know a broken up droid that makes more sense because it's like yeah. that's one question I always had Okay, if Anakin built him, how the crap does he know over six million or six yeah. Yeah, million, or whatever? Found, or he found some data card or some piece of equipment that had it built in. He's like, yes, jackpot, sticks yeah. it in. On Tatooine, <laughs> yes, you're yeah. going to find that. Yeah, no. well, and it, well, well, and it could have been that he didn't know six million right then. <laughs> It could have been that he downloaded his extra language well, that's pack. That's true. You know, Did he holonet. say in Phantom Menace? You know, that's a good question. Do they have Holonet Wi-Fi on Tatooine? 
Um, yes. Do, are slaves allowed to use it? I don't know if they're. No. I know that at least <laughs> at least in at least in legends, um, they do have yes. some hollow net, but they it's had, really sketchy they had, sometimes. They it did have on where the hollow net out. I actually uh, have no problem with 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 little Anakin building the droid. And uh, who's his boss? Who's who's his slave owner? Lotto. 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 <laughs> little Annie. Little Annie. Hey, That's really good. I'm, I'm not a racist. <laughs> it's not. You can't mind control doing. on me. What are you crazy? That's a that's an interesting plot hole. <laughs> well, and also, I think he, I think Wada would have given it because him, I have no midichlorian, so you can't control and, me. And can we talk about for a second how bad Qui Gon is at bartering? Oh yeah. Okay, because if a hey, if I, if I to, credits will do fine. If I went to a car dealership and they said, "And you won't find this Corvette anywhere else," I promise you that I'd be like, "Time to go to the next dealer." Yeah. <laughs> like, but Qui Gon falls for it. You're telling me that in Mos Espa, the smallest dealer. Admittedly, in Qui Gon's own words, is the only one with a T14 hyperdrive. Bullcrap. Well, okay, well we don't. I, I think they probably did look around because we see them wandering around the streets. We just don't see I them don't making deals. No. Okay, so so here's the problem. <laughs> we have lots of that. This is why I think <laughs> he's on a freaking desert planet. It's hot. There's you know he's there's tired. Crazy, he's tired. He's he just avoided. Being gassed and blown well, up by well, droids, and well, so he's lazy. I don't understand why the Jedi don't have a bank on, uh, you know, a, yeah, you know, the just first some kind of ambassador bank. guy on Tatooine. Seriously, to, to hook up, you know, guys, I, I need to make withdrawal. I'm, I'm in a bind. I need to get my, queen, my hyper. The they couldn't make maybe, any communi- They couldn't make. Uh, they couldn't make any transmissions or anything. Yeah, because no, no, the no, Trade no, Federation no. was looking for no, a withdrawal I mean, from Obi Wan. No, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> there should have been. The, the Republic should have had an embassy. So yeah, exactly. No. I mean, no, 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 because no, it's, it's, the hut's it's hut control. control. Yeah. Yeah. Tatooine is a hut control no, no, planet. No, right. The Republic no, doesn't exist fine. out here. We yeah. must survive no, on our own. Uh, no, that, no, but you I still have embassies in, in countries that... No. So, you know. so the, the hut... Okay, so there's... So, okay, all right, that's a good reason. Well, the huts are pretty much the mafia. Yeah. You know, they they are... And Tatooine is on the outer rim, far from the central core galaxy. there's no Republic. So there's no real way to control that. And so the Republic just kind of goes... Well, the huts are kind of doing a good job. We'll just leave it alone. Well, and remember, there's such bickering. I mean, they can't even bother to send a freaking diplomatic team to Naboo. Yeah. At like, oh, we lost two Jedi. They came back. They said there's a droid invasion. I don't believe you. What? Like. Yeah. Well, again, the dark side was clouding. I mean, but. Stinking, stinking. Uh, oh, what was the delegation? The Congress of Malastak. Con- con- yeah. With the honorable delegates. Yeah. The Trade Federation. Yeah. Okay, there are holes. We we admit that. <laughs> there are lots of holes. There are things that we're just scratching our head, like why the heck is well, are, but, why but, the heck is E. T. in well, in the movie? Well, uh, hey, okay. <laughs> well, hey, well, remember in E. T. when E. T. recognizes Yoda? Well, yeah, from the toys. He's like, home, home, home. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> but he's actually E. T. is a senator, man. Well, like, yeah. well, most of those little holes don't really bother me. It, it was things like the Jedi rushing into the arena that bothered me. You guys have helped clear that up for me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, there, there's yeah, what, some sense to that. Well, what the the thing that ultimately bothers me, okay, and again, there's so many things that I really don't care. He built C-3PO. Jar Jar Binks is there. That's great. We can all laugh about that. Yuck, yuck, yuck. What really kills me is the description of Anakin in the original trilogy. He was a good friend. He yeah. was the best star pilot in the galaxy. He was he was an incredible Jedi Knight. Everything your uncle said about him being a spice navigator is bullcrap. He's an incredible human being. 
we ch- I don't feel like I see that Anakin in the prequel trilogy. No, and you it don't. It makes me sad. I, I think, at, at, at the very least, I think, I mean, there's obviously stages, but I think at, uh, in Phantom Menace, he is just this sweet kid. He has nothing. And he's sweet. like, I'm, yeah, I think, you know, Are he's you like risking angel? his life in this pod race, <laughs> you know, and he's doing it all just for these strangers he's just met. He's and a nice little kid. In no, I, I would say, can do it. <laughs> I would say in Phantom Menace. Well, he's nine Because he has Jedi like reflexes. You know, he, <laughs> I, I would say he's very, you know, we, we see the very childlike nature of Anakin in that movie. You know, he's willing to do anything. He's willing to help. He's willing to sacrifice. And, but you know, then we take him away from his mom, which was the center of his universe. Really? Mm -hmm. You know, and then we take him to cold space and then he becomes this, he blows up this huge thing and then he becomes this hero. And now he's, you know, and everyone's saying, you're the chosen one. You're going to bring balance to the force. Now he's, you know, these, but you can't sit on the council. Yeah, this this little kid. Yeah, this little kid has gone from okay, my little universe is this, and now he's got this ego. He's got this huge weight on him where he he has to be the one that brings balance to the force, and that that kind of weighs on you. Yeah. And then you have Palpatine that is constantly undermining everything the Jedi is teaching him and manipulating him since he was you know from that age. So we can see where you know he wavers and he becomes. You know, the Anakin we see. The only problem I have is he's whiny. I mean, the Anakin we see in the Clone Wars, yeah, he defies a lot, but he's still, this is, he's resolute on well, what he's going to do. And he's likable. And he's likable. Instead of the Hayden Christensen, oh, but yeah, well, Obi-Wan I, doesn't the, let me do this. I mean, that drives me nuts. You, but you're bugs. totally okay with Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker being the exact no, no, same in the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah. That's my problem. No, 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 but he's, Mark no, Hamill was so much whinier no, than Hayden Christensen, here's, here's, and everyone's like, I like okay, Luke. But the problem, I, I Anakin, agree, no I way. Okay. No way, guys. But, it, but, but Luke changes. But Luke changes. But not only that, we don't, we, we are not built we, up that he, that... Anakin is this amazing star pilot. He's this great yeah. Jedi. We, and as far you're right, Luke is a whiny brat that grows. If 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 but, if Anakin was a whiny brat in Episode One, we but could then we he could grew do out it. Of it. I would be so okay with it. But yeah. that's the whole thing: is Anakin turns to the dark side, and I think he that's turns what, to the dark side the moment he leaves Tatooine. He's never a good Jedi, though. Yeah, I think he is. I think he does it in a different way because one. Because when the Jedi, now now I gotta explain all this. Okay, <laughs> so when uh, the Jedi, you know, when you become a Jedi, you're like what six months old, and you're raised thinking not to technically make, do attachments four. and everything. Yeah. Is it, it's four. Is it but, four? But again, yeah. but again, but, that doesn't. But but Anakin, he has grown up for nine years with his mom, knowing being taught that love is okay. You can feel angry, yeah. but you, you know, and, and that emotions aren't totally like. See, that, that's whatever. that's not my but biggest problem. I, but the Jedi, you know, they they don't. Yeah, but the problem is, is that's not how it is in the original trilogy. Well, Again, the, well the, not the, only that, well, there is such a huge difference between Anakin and in clone in the clone war movie mm-hmm. anakin in the clone war tv series and then anakin again in, in revenge, revenge of the, of the sith. sith there is they're not the same yeah, now if, if if anakin was whiny during the clone wars that i, I could deal with this but the, the you get whiny 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 anakin that's complaining that obi-wan's not letting him do this and then you have anakin that is full of himself he knows who he is well, and he I takes think, charge i think that's the war yeah. i think that's the war just coming into play cuz as a 19 year old but, 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 but he reverts back to it in revenge the, of the sith which is at the end of the war there is only that makes no one sense. instance in revenge in the of the prequels, sith he's way more mature but i think also there's only one instance where i see anakin being a good guy in the prequel trilogy 
and it's almost like a little side note. It's when they're flying towards Grievous's ship, and he says, "I want to go help those guys out." And Obi Wan's like, "Remember the mission?" And he's like, "Okay." Well, I think that the whole—that's <laughs> it. The whole thing of Revenge of the Sith is that he's just terrified of losing people. He's terrified of losing. True. Kami. He's and, terrified and, of his losing yeah. his but own he's troops. Still of Obi Wan to everybody. Yeah. He's just not a nice. He's not the guy. When I think of Anakin Skywalker from the OT. I think that was the kind of guy that everyone wanted to sit next to him at lunch. He was the kind of guy who, if you were having a bad day, he'd come up to you and he'd smile. He was the Han he'd... Solo of Jedis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was just a nice guy. He was even nicer than Han Solo. He was like Luke in that he had this kind of innocent nature. And in the prequels, I look at him and I think, man, that's the high school quarterback who gave me a wedgie. Like, Yeah. Well, and not only that... Okay, so we we, find, we hear that he's a great guy. He's this lovable person. He, your father was amazing. And then we find out that Anakin is Vader. So, you know, it's like, but that little, oh, my wife is going to die. And then, you know, you got that speech from Palpatine. And it's like, boom, he's he's killing younglings. It's like, that wasn't, the, you, you would expect this huge. That's why, that's actually my, my biggest huge beef drop. with, with, the prequels. I, I I just think it was it was just inelegant storytelling, you know. Yeah. And 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 I, I'm I'm definitely down for redemption stories. Yeah. I'm I, I believe in that personally, you know. I'm I'm down for all that kind of stuff. But um, but for me, the the character ups and downs mm-hmm. of Anakin. And I, I I haven't watched Clone Wars yet. Jessica's convinced me to do that. Which oh, I oh you should. I watched it like two or three times. It's canon, and yeah. they're fantastic. Jessica has has convinced me to do that. I'm I'm going to start those. But um, but for me, the prequels are really three stories. The yeah. love story. Well, the supposed yeah. amazing love story they can bring down a Sand. civilization. Yeah. Okay? It's coarse. The gets everywhere. The, I love that the, line. The buddy, you know, the, the buddy mentor story with, with Obi-Wan yep. and the Fallen Redemption story. And yeah. so I just felt like the prequels just weren't amazing at telling telling those stories, especially the story well, the love story, I think that was very poorly done, but, I, but I mean, the, let's, the fall yeah. redemption story, I, love Anakin and Padme. I just feel like the fall redemption story. I, I just feel like was extremely jarring. Like, Oh yeah. what? Now he's doing that. Suddenly what? And then he's doing that. And, oh, I mean, it, to me, to me that the setups absolutely did not justify the, yeah. And, and the clone the, wars the helps. Thing, so. I mean, the clone Wars series clone helps because you, you do see, uh, Palpatine really undermining the Jedi Council's authority and and no, really I, no, manipulating. No, no, but like yeah. you said, I mean, suddenly he's killing younglings yeah. and then he's out marauding the galaxy, and then all of a sudden, I mean, yeah. we need more movies between Empire and Return and, and New Hope because all of a sudden he sees Luke and then he turns to the good side again. I mean, that it, it seems well, so well, abrupt. Well, I and think crazy that that thing. makes sense to me because he that that. Luke finally connected to that part of Anakin that family was important, you know, yeah. and yeah, connected but, him back to his wife. I think, yeah. and, and and I really and I actually that's the thing I really like is that this idea that Luke, you know, th- there's a lot to be said for reading into that speech Darth Vader gives with his mask off. You know, tell your sister you were right about me, right? And so it's this idea that there are two forces in Anakin's life. There's Palpatine. And then there's Padme and Luke and Leia. And the two are constantly in conflict, and Palpatine eventually wins out. Yeah. But in the end, Anakin is able to overcome that. I well, love that scene, except... Okay, I love that scene if it wasn't for the prequels. So let, because, let, me, let me spin something I mean, real, real quick for you. So the very... Towards the end of, the, of Revenge of the Sith. Now this is someone... Someone has kind of put a theory out there, and it makes a lot of sense to me. 
So the Bane uh, in the Darth Bane books, there he oh, discovers an ability. Yeah, <laughs> he he discovers an ability to transfer life essence into another vessel, and that's pat that's handed down. Um, and then Pelagius was working on something very similar, how to extend life. So if you look at the very end where, you know, they're talking about Padme and she's dying, she's healthy, but she's and just... And that scene in the opera, but, I think, is one of the most powerful yeah. of the prequels because Ian McDiarmid and Anakin are both so into that scene. Yeah. And that explanation in the Sith legend, oh, it's so good. Well, yeah. Oh. And, and so, the artwork, actually, yeah. of the opera is actually really good. So, so oh, yeah. we so have Padme problem. dying for no reason other than, oh, she has a broken heart. You know, and she they, lost the will to live, or she lost the will to live. But if you go with this, but if you go with crazy based on right. her character, okay, go Correct. ahead. So if you go I with this theory, Sidious is actually draining her life force and that, putting uh, it into Anakin to heal him. Now the reason, the best reason for this is Padme is the only thing that can turn him back against the Emperor, and and he knows that because he's used that crutch. To get him onto his side, but see, that's where again, I, I think, I think we get into the territory of, are we injecting too much? In, you know, we we in, we may be, it, you know? we may I, not yeah, be. Sure, I but mean, at this point, yeah, maybe, maybe, but I well, mean, yeah, and, I don't know. well, there there is an argument. And maybe that's what makes Star Wars great, is yeah. because that's yeah. what the, we love it so much that that's we're we're trying right. to heal it from its well, own will. And, and we along, are, and along that those lines, there is an argument. I don't necessarily subscribe to it. But there is an argument that in 2005, 2006, 2007, um, George Lucas, some people inside Lucasfilm looked back at the prequels and said something to the effect of, we've made a mistake, we need to do damage control, and that is how the Clone Wars were sort of created. I don't necessarily subscribe to this. I've heard this rumor in the light of doing quote-unquote damage control over the prequels. It sort of makes sense. And looking through the lens of the Clone Wars, I agree. I think the prequels are better. Um, and so, I, again, I don't subscribe to that. But yeah. I think I think the only the only real problem I think with the prequels is that it was just too big and grand of a story to be smashed into three movies. That's why I want to see this like five six hour <laughs> Phantom Menace. I think, and that's why things like the Clone Wars and the novels and all this stuff help because it's just such a massive story. It well, is it, the Clone Wars itself. I mean, let's let's face it. The TV series took seven years, and we still didn't see everything. And to we get the beginning in one movie and the end in the next, and it's like, you know, a lot has happened in that time frame. Well, well, that, well, well that's where you have to ask the question, you know, and each fan must do this, must yes. do this introspection, which is, what is Star Wars? Okay, is Star Wars this banquet of awesome stuff? And some of it's kind of stupid, but most of it's pretty awesome. And I just take what I want, and I, you know, and, and I love crepes, and I love yeah. sausage, and I love broccoli, and that's what I'm going to take from this banquet table. Um, you know, Star Trek is that. Star Trek has defined itself mm -hmm. as a banquet yeah. be because it's got all the, you know, some people hate DS9, other people love it, whatever, and it, it really is a banquet. And you take what you like. Some episodes are dumb. Some yeah. characters we, we yeah. wish they killed oh, off quicker. Oh, great! Yeah. Another holodeck you know? episode. You know, I, I so, exactly. So for me, Star Wars was not that. It was the unified thing that yeah. was not a banquet. It was the it was a three course well, meal, and that's what it was. I think and Star Wars the, has evolved to that now because well, we do yeah. have the expanded universe. We knew we so now Star have. Star Wars has become bank, banquetized. I mean, yeah. I mean, we have yeah. Knights of the Old Republic. There's all these expanded universe stuff that we can dive into and pull out. You know, right now. All the movies we're getting are surrounded around the movies. I mean, Rogue One is still in that time frame. 
you know, young Han Solo. Yeah, it's still in that time frame because it's in between, you know, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. You know, it's let's like jump. Let's right jump to the Old Republic. Let's jump to the era of Bane. I mean, there's so much in these books that we could use, and then we could have, you know, you know, like Jared and Jessica were saying, you know, they love the Old Republic, so that's why they did the films there. It's amazing, the Old Republic. It's very rich and vibrant, and we could use that, and that would be amazing. Uh, but we're not, you know. I'm hoping with, uh, uh, you know, The Force Awakens, it opens up another branch, you know, later on in the story. Yes, there's some cool stuff that's getting skipped because of it, but if we get something fantastic, who cares? We can move forward, and we now have, you know, we now have prequel, we have original trilogy, and we have the new trilogy, so we can pick, you know. She's going to be a diehard trilogy uh, prequel fan. That's cool. You know, I love the original. You love the original. You know, McKay may say, screw the, the prequels and the original. I love the new stuff coming out because it's fantastic. <laughs> you and know? honestly, and I've, and I've come to peace with that. And I think, honestly, I think there was a transition that, that has sort of, there, there was, I feel like there's like the three ages of Star Wars, right? Yeah. There's the first age from 1977 to the year 1989, right? Or 99 even. 99 is when the first one came yeah. out. Yeah. And so, and so I think, you know, the, this, this time period of we're starved for Star Wars. Anything that start like Star Wars is a very rare commodity. Well, it's we, been fifty. It's been ten years since ten the last years. one. Yes. And so and so we're all like we're like again. It's it's we're making our own lightsaber sticks because Lucasfilm isn't making them for us. And like and then we sort of entered this age of oh my gosh, they're giving us toys and they're giving us movies and oh my gosh, this is incredible. And you can go online and buy your own lightsaber now yeah. and have an international <sighs> fight with a lightsaber and so day. So now we're entering even the more golden good age time. where it's like we're meeting quality and quantity yeah. and they're coming together in this beautiful baby of Star Wars. But it's just kind of a different age. Yeah. So. No, I mean. Beautiful analogy. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Baby. <laughs> you know, but, you know, at the same time, Star Wars isn't, isn't as old as Star Trek. You know, Star Trek has to had to evolve. Um, you know, it has. You know, but we're getting there. But we'll never catch up to what Star Trek is. Now, the the difference really is Star Trek made its appearance and grew its fandom from TV. Movies were kind of the second step. You know, Star Wars started in movies. Yeah, TV and has moved TV sort of to TV. TV, uh, with with a few exceptions of, of different kinds of shows, TV is a. A banquetized format, yeah. Especially yeah. because they're not sequential. Star Wars is deliberately not sequential. They're, they're, they're. Yeah. It, it's, it's relationship with the viewer and the promises it makes are different than the yeah. promises that the original trilogy made. Yeah. Sure. Which, fan, yeah. which, in my opinion, the prequels broke some of those promises. Yeah. And so, and so, so Star Trek gets away with other things because it has a different contract with me as a viewer. Mm -hmm. Star Wars had a different contract with me as a viewer. And again, I'm, I'm, you know, I. I'm I'm at peace with that now, you know, and and and, and all that kind of stuff, um, but um, but uh, I am super duper excited about the next one, you yeah. know, and I'm not threatened in any way, you know, and it's it's, you know, and I'm, I'm we're going day one with, with 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 you know my oldest kids. I mean, it's gonna be, I think they're gonna have that very special that very special experience. But the minute you banquetize, because eventually when there's 50 of these Star Wars movies, okay, which there will be. Yeah. As long as they can make money, they will do it. Yes. Oh, sure. And so, and so because banquetized, you are going to, eventually you're going to lose that. You're yeah. not going to need to go opening night. For example, when Fellowship of the Ring came out, I went twice on opening night. 
Okay. <laughs> and uh, and my unborn twins went twice because my wife was was pregnant. So we went nice. twice opening wow. night to 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 the Fellowship of the Ring. But you know, with a Hobbit number three, you know, I hate to say it, but I waited till it came out on DVD. You know, I mean, oh. and, and I and Whoa. I am a Tolkien. Not even in theaters. No, 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 no. Hobbit three. No, I did go. I did go, but I did not go opening night. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I wasn't that pumped about. I, mean, I wasn't that crazy about it, honestly. And so there, there was a certain phenom. That well, you are going to lose eventually. I mean, yeah. well, and I oh, think, yeah. and I think that's why, you know. And I'm thinking about the Fellowship of the Ring, and it's interesting. I saw that movie in the theaters twelve times. Um, I made a promise. Me and my father promised my elder brother, who's in college, that we would wait the three days until he got home, so we could go see Fellowship together. By the time he got home, we had seen the movie more than three times, <laughs> and so and we continued to watch it. And 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 I don't think to this day, my father is an honest man. He's never pirated a movie in his life. With the exception, I I think I can't speak to this, but I'm pretty sure he pirated Fellowship. Selling but, uh, you out right now over radio. Yeah, well, and then the FBI breaks into my house. Yeah. Well, uh, but but and right I think now. there's this. But again, like you were talking about, it's almost like there's this there's this golden hierarchy, and that's why I kind of it kind of perturbs me a little bit when someone comes up to me and says, "Is Ezra Bridger going to be in?" In, in in Force Awakens, and I'm like, that's like asking me if you I'm can. gonna put yeah, if I'm gonna put frosting on my steak. Well, I really like frosting. It doesn't belong on my steak dinner. Well, I mean, just think about it. He's gonna be as old as Han. Yeah. I mean, like, really, if you put if you figure out the time frame, he's gonna be as old as Han Solo and Princess Chopper. Leia. We're he's, home. He's he's not. <laughs> oh, you know, geez. he's not. There's no way he can be Kylo Ren. You know, maybe we maybe we see him, but he's gonna be an old man. But but again, I, I it goes back to I feel like the star you know the Clone Wars and Rebels and even some of the books are kind of the you know and even some of the anthology films are kind of the bonus desserts and side courses of yeah. this banquet. And again, they're great. I love them. But when I want a steak dinner that's like a hundred bucks or whatever, I don't know how much steak dinners are, but I don't eat out a lot. A good uh, one's a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, but, you know, Kobe beef. Yeah, exactly. When I want a Kobe beef steak, that's what I'm expecting. Is I, I'm expecting to go into The Force Awakens to say, this is Star Wars prime time. Yeah. This is the peak, right? Well, and, and this is one thing. Um, I, I, I really see that Star Wars is going to become, you know, it's like hockey fans. So hockey fans have their favorite team. You know, they are diehard. They're going to they're gonna root for their team. You say something bad about their team, they're going to smack your face. But at the end of the day, they all love hockey. They go to the local bar or tavern. They have a drink. They celebrate hockey they as brawl. one. You know, and, and they're brothers in that. You know, but, and, you know, they're not fighting. The game's over, said and done. I mean, that's the one thing I, I, that made me love hockey is I've gone to s- several hockey games where, you know, you could be sitting next to someone that's rooting for the other team and you guys are going at it back and forth. You're screaming and yelling. And then the game's over and it's like, good game. You know, and and they're you're hugging it out, and you're 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 shaking, or you're going to go out and get a drink afterwards. You know, and I, I really see, even though, uh, and that's what's coming becoming with Star Wars and a lot of the geek stuff out there, is even though you know that person's a Trekkie, or that person loves Star Wars, or this person loves Pokemon, or that person loves, you know, Marvel. At the end of the day, everyone's a geek. Everyone loves it, and everyone celebrates that. Except for sports, we don't. We don't do sports analogies. Okay, well, I just oh, did. I do sports. <laughs> I, I, I got it. I, I'm just kidding. I, I do too, but you know, I love I love college football. But Well, and that's, you know, and that goes into, I mean, I hope you realize that, that we love Star Wars prequel fans. 
and and you make you help make Star Wars well, what it is, well, well, and well, we love you. Well, Jessica just mentioned that 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 on you know when she was doing a lot more uh, social media that um, that and, and discovering the prequels and how much you love them. She you know she got some really harsh commentary from from prequel haters. The internet is an ugly place on both sides okay. well, of that yeah. argument. Well, 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 and I would just say to all the you know the people who are incensed by their prequels, which I was one, um, that. Uh, that that you may discover that you may discover that your your hatred of, of the prequels comes from you know kind of that that, that let down that, that, that kind that, of that that, that fetal thing you know and 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 you may not you may not hate them as much as you think you do yeah. there, there might be just this this kind of deep emotional thing that is that is that is causing you to feel you know as as yeah. as angry as you do well so and I, so and take think, it easy yeah. take it easy and I think like a lot of things in in twenty years. You know, some of us are gonna are gonna look back on the prequels like we look back on like Thundercats, right? Like we all love Thundercats, but we're all willing Even to watch it unitards. and admit that wow, it has not aged well and <laughs> it's <laughs> flawed and like Even Generation One Transformers. Yeah, like it, it's, you know, as much as I love that you go that back and watch that with me with Thundercats. Yeah. Because oh, I, yeah. as a kid, I was Thundercat crazy, oh. and I was oh. so into it. It was the everything. But then when when I got it for my kids, and and I still love Thundercats, everybody. But when I got it for my kids, yeah, it, it didn't have the same pizzazz. Well, even He Man, something to it. I mean, but, but actually, the same I way. think I think I think prequel lovers. I don't know. I, I think Jessica is going to age it and not look back on that because because she has that that special emotional connection to the prequels, well, which, and, which and makes it, kinda, it extra special. And I think I'm going to use another analogy, you know, like Doctor Who fans. Whatever Doctor you came in on, or, you know, generally, is your favorite Doctor because that's who you attach to and you, who you love. Yeah, that's the Doctor. Yeah, and that's your Doctor. You know, rarely does that change. You know, I started with Matt Smith, you know, not my favorite. I really like him, but David Tennant, because that's when I really connected and loved Doctor Who, even though I, you know, and I think that's the same way it's going to be with Star Wars. You know, she came in with prequels. That was her, her love because that's where she connected to Star Wars. Your kids, on the other hand, you know, you started them off with the original trilogy. So they're looking at uh, the prequels kind of with that, that same kind of rose tinted glasses because they saw that first but and they connected to that. True. However, at the same time, some things are timelessly awesome. You're right. Yeah. And, and for example, the scene with Yoda and the X-Wing. Oh, yeah. Timelessly awesome. Oh, yes. Which will, it, no matter what it's going to be, there, there, there's certain movies out there, there's certain books out there that no matter how, what generation picks mm-hmm. it up, it is yeah. awesome. Well, and that's because why, there, there is yeah. absolute truth out there when it comes to... And everyone wants a lightsaber. You know, you know, and Lord of the Rings will last longer than Twilight. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I, give I, it 10 more years. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. you guys! You have no idea. Uh, so... Don't start with Twilight. That, that's a whole other podcast. Oh yeah, uh, that will never happen. Sorry. <laughs> not on this show. I not on this show. show. But you have to remember, I was a teenage girl, and I'm pretty sure Twilight is actually what like uh, snapped my hormones into going and everything. I thought <laughs> I thought boys had cooties until I read Twilight, and oh, suddenly gosh. Edward's so cute. Is this a conversation? <laughs> yeah. So back to Star Wars. <laughs> But yeah, all right. I'm just making you appreciate Jar Jar Binks more. You know, <laughs> Edward Cullen or Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> you know, if I had a choice of Edward Cullen or, or Jar, Jar, Jar Jar Binks, it would be Jar Jar. See, there you go. Right there, we got Dan to admit yeah. he likes Jar Jar. Again, so, but then again, nope. We'll just end it right there. We but, don't need to explain anything else. Good night, everyone. But, but then again, you're asking me to pick 
from rotten spoiled eggs or <laughs> left you know leftover you know the stuff you find in the fridge that you forgot was there four <laughs> months ago. Oh yeah, you know you're not but giving you're still me chosen, a good right? serious feelings. <laughs> oh my gosh! So all right, well we got to wrap uh, up. So with that said, I'm gonna let these guys uh, quickly s- announce who they are again and let you know where you can find them. So we'll start with Tom over here. Okay, so Tom, writer and filmmaker, please uh, visit me at tomdurham.com. You can see my uh, movie and novel projects. Twitter handle at Tom G Durham. And a uh, new movie project coming up right now. We'd uh, love you to spread the word about it. PixiePerfectMovie.com. Uh, a uh, family fantasy comedy. The Wizarding World meets It's a Wonderful Life. PixiePerfectMovie.com. Did you cast nice. Jimmy Stewart? Is he back? From the- <laughs> I think he's dead. <laughs> As a zombie. Yeah. His, his, his midi-chlorians permeate this. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would agree on that one. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. yeah you, you want the moon, Mary? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm Jessica Champneys. Um, I'm also uh, working on his Pixie Project, uh, Pixie Perfect Project. So his friends are usually my friends. Um, also, let's see. Uh, I'm eventually going to be opening my own website, jessicachampneys.com. That's currently not up, but stay tuned. It will probably feature a blog, which will probably feature a lot of my Star Wars rantings and ramblings. So if you find me somewhat entertaining, that would be fun. And um, an awesome Star Wars fanfic coming up soon. From uh, yes, I am writing a fanfic. If I get five minutes of free time. <laughs> um, Luke and Leia, the Dark Knights on Hoth. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more. Oh, dear. It's more. It's uh, the main character is actually a female Sith and actually takes place during the original trilogy, but connects a lot of the Luke and things. Sith Leia, the Dark Knights on Hoth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Surprises abound. <laughs> as long as there's no sparkly Sith, I'm good. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> they sparkle. Sparkle the sun. All right. <laughs> But um, also for for now though, if you want to connect with me, probably the best place. And if you want some more uh, Star Wars material to check out, my YouTube channel actually uh, it's uh, Damsel in Damnation, and uh, it's got just a lot of fun fan videos I've made. I keep making more in my spare time, and they're pretty cool. So check it out. All right, Aaron. Nice. Uh, I'm Aaron Hastings. Um, you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter at underscore Aaron Hastings. Uh, I work for the BYU Universe, co-owner of Lord of the Um, and you can find me out on the interwebs, and it's pretty magical. Follow me on Twitter. All right. With that said, uh, we will be back in December, and you should go enjoy your Thanksgiving feast, or maybe you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, and you had an amazing feast, but make sure you have a lightsaber fight. Yes. You know, most people have turkey bowls. I suggest Thanksgiving you have lightsaber fights. I'm down. I'm doing that this year. <laughs> It's going to show up to my tweet, family's tweet house. Tweet at me pictures of you carving the turkey with, with a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> you know, take the pictures and send them to us. Info at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. We'll put them on our Facebook page. We'll put them on our Twitter feed. You know, I think that would be awesome. One more thing. Sorry, real quick. I just forgot. I have extra Star Wars tickets I'm trying oh. to sell. Um, so if you and there, I'm not selling them for like 100 bucks on eBay or whatever. It's like 13 bucks each. Um, really good seats. Uh, go ahead and email me at jessicachampneys at gmail.com if you want them. Thank you. All right. So with that said, we'll catch you next week. Deadpool. Sorry. Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Yeah. And McKay just lost his rights to be a host. <laughs> <laughs>